Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are interviewing Reverend B. Keith Haney, an author of a resource on youthesource.com. Youth eSource is the LCMS Youth Ministries resource website with over 1,700 different articles, Bible studies, skits, and discussion guides. There's a wealth of doctrinally reviewed, current, and helpful resources for your youth ministry. So to find out more, go to youthesource.com and check out all there is to be offered there. In the months since the 2019 LCMS Youth Gathering, we have been posting Bible study resources by gathering speakers on the themes or hot topics from the event. Today on the phone, we have one of the speakers who tackled a timely topic and one that is so important for young people and all Christians. This topic is about how youth form an identity in Jesus Christ. From the time of our baptism or being called to faith, the Word of God acts on us and teaches us and molds us as God's child. This identity as a child of God is over and above all other identifiers we know and the false identities that the world may want to label us with. We know that building a resilient identity is not easy with all the many voices that attempt to rival the truth of the identity given to us by God in Christ. And the resources we are focusing on today is really talking about how it is helpful in being reminded and as we are developing that identity that we understand it and that we also understand our other aspects of life, such as talents, passions, and race, playing to our identity and who we are as God's child. With us today is Reverend Keith Haney. Reverend B. Keith Haney serves as Assistant to the President for Missions, Stewardship, and Human Care at Iowa District West of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. He has a heart for sharing the gospel and equipping and encouraging congregations to do the same. He has quite the personal story for how young children and youth can share the good news of Jesus and point others to his saving grace and his church. An ordained pastor for over 25 years, Haney has also served multi-ethnic urban congregations in Detroit, St. Louis, and Milwaukee. In January 2016, he started to write a blog titled The Light Breaks Through to encourage believers in their faith journey and non-believers to explore difficult faith issues. He also wrote an ebook with Concordia Publishing House called One Nation Under God, Healing Racial Divides in America. This book gives insight to some of the racial divides in America and how the Christian church and individual Christians can bring healing to others. Reverend Haney, welcome to the End Goals podcast. Well, how are you doing? Looking looking forward to this. Yeah, we are so excited to have you here with us. Uh, Mark gave us a plethora of places that you have uh, worked uh, in your professional vocation, but tell us more a little bit about what you do at Iowa District West and your other vocations, uh, perhaps some things that bring you joy. Sure. In Iowa, I have served as the Mission Stewardship and Human Care uh, the President. And so I work in those three areas, helping congregations to figure out how to share Christ with their community, helping them to figure out how to use their resources, time, talents, and treasures to grow the kingdom, and also working in human care. So working with disaster relief, mm-hmm. also with church worker wellness, and whatever else we can come up with along the way to fit into those three categories. Awesome. Uh, you have an interesting story from your childhood about getting connected to the church. Can you share that story? And maybe if there was a time in middle or high school uh, where Jesus brought you closer to him and the church. Sure. So when I was younger, my family all grew up as Southern Baptists. And so as a kid, we would go to church. My mom was a, pretty much a good everyday Sunday church goer, and so were my grandparents. And um, so the experience in church was a little bit different for me because in the Baptist tradition, especially Southern Baptist, 
uh, there's a lot of emotion, and so people would get pretty into the service, I would say. A few times uh, the members would, would pass out from being overwhelmed by the Spirit and be taken out of church. Well, at three to four, that was kind of a nerving experience for me. <laughs> and I told my mom that, you know, this is a little bit too stressful for me, so I think I'll just skip church. <laughs> and she understood because it was it was it was she could tell it was kind of bothering me. But then she put me into a Lutheran preschool, and as we all know, the first day of any Lutheran school is chapel. And so I'm going, oh, great. I get to watch four year olds passing out. <laughs> but because it was a Lutheran service, there was no emotion at all. And I said, to my mom, this is a church body for me. <laughs> So really, the, our lack of emotion really was a, a selling lack point for you. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. So I was baptized at the age of six, and my mom and family joined me in becoming a Lutheran, and so did my two cousins. And so uh, the rest of that was history. And about in high school, though, I remember going to a convocation where they talked about the need for uh, pastors, mm. and the speaker there was Dr. Joseph Lavalle, who was a influential member of the Black Clergy Caucus mm. back mm-hmm. then. And I really resonated with his, his sermon about the need for that, and so I said, I'm going to go become a pastor when I was in high school. So I signed up right away in high school to go to seminary. I didn't know what the process was, and I got a nice letter back from the seminary saying, well, you have to go get your undergraduate degree first. You can't leave from high school to become a pastor. So I... <laughs> Uh, then went to Sun University and got my degree in computer science and kind of lost that desire along the way. I was going to be a computer um, engineer, and someone sent my name into seminary as kind of a prospective student, and I mm-hmm. went and visited again in St. Louis and fell in love with it, and so I signed up to go to seminary. Um, I didn't go to St. Louis at first. I actually went to Fort Wayne mm-hmm. for my first seminary experience, met my wife there who was taking sign language, and I was taking summer Greek, so I met my wife, said I got what I came for, transferred to St. Louis, and graduated from there. So I actually went to both seminaries. Wow. That is great to hear that journey. Fantastic how, how God uses uh, different parts vocationally uh, to continue to keep us connected to him. That is great. Well, through yeah, your, your different – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just said it was, it was a neat experience for us. It was great. That's, that's wonderful. Through your different ways which you've served vocationally, uh, what do you love working with young people as a pastor? Actually, my goal of graduating, and I told the placement director, I wanted to go work in campus ministry because mm-hmm. I really had a heart for young people. Because in my experience, young people have a genuine desire to just learn more about faith in a real authentic way. And I really wanted to spend my time and invest my time in young people. That's not the route that my ministry took. Um, God saw fit to put me in, in urban settings. Hmm. And so I didn't have as much direct contact with youth in my ministry, uh, but still always had that as a passion for what I wanted to do. So I always connected with young people. I love teaching confirmation. We always had a school at all my churches, so I got a chance to spend time with young people. Not the age group I was looking for. I was looking for more high schools, mm-hmm. but I spent more time with elementary age kids and kind of saw their formation and saw the, the hunger that was there, because most of my, my churches, my schools, um, the majority of our population were not from our church. They were from the community. We didn't have a lot of member kids in our schools. So I got a chance to work a lot with unchurched or randomly churched um, students and their parents in my career. 
Well, and you got a chance to talk to some of those high school students <laughs> at the 2019 Youth Gathering this past summer. Uh, you spoke yeah, on a couple of sessions. Uh, the first one was our view of justice impacts evangelism, uh, a session that explored God's view of justice and how that carries us Christians into acts of justice and mercy for our neighbor. And then a second session on identity is more than red, yellow, black, or white, which is us God discussed God's divine purpose for our lives and how we live together in a very diverse culture. We're excited because both of those uh, sessions are going to be up on podcasts here pretty soon for people to listen to. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your experience uh, speaking at the gathering and particularly on these topics, perhaps some feedback you received from youth and adults about the topics. Sure. The one on justice was the one I think was, was probably the best attended one. Mm. Um, my approach to that was I think we had the word social justice has been hijacked today mm. by modern politics. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to go back and look at the actual history of the word and where it came from. And social justice comes from a Catholic, is a Catholic term. And it was introduced in like 1940 something as a virtue. The goal behind it was that, and the thought was, that we all come together as a community of believers, as a community, to help the greater good. Mm. And when the church does that as a community, we better represent Christ by looking out for the well-being of our neighbors around us. And that's where social justice actually begins. And we have kind of lost that track. If you think about what that, how that impacts our evangelism is that the church is really designed and was meant to be the human care arm for the community. When the church stopped doing that, the government took over to do that, and they do that quite ineffectively, to be perfectly honest, and quite expensively. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And without the kind of care and compassion and the context of why we serve and why we care. The church serves and the church cares because Christ and the love of Christ compels us. And when the government does that, they take that Christ-like arm and Christ-like heart and Christ-like hands out of it, and it's simply about providing a service. And so I try to get people that the, the whole idea of human care and, so, and social justice really is about helping raise our neighbor up so that he can better take care of himself, not giving our neighbors a handout. Mm -hmm. In your other session, uh, looking at identity is more than red, yellow, black, or white. Did you get uh, feedback from people in that attended that one, or um, kind of questions that maybe came out of that session as you led that? Yeah, we did too. And and what came out of that really was the idea that I wanted people to realize that our identity does not begin on the outward appearance of mm -hmm. who we who we are on the outside. It's not based on where we came from, what ship we came over on, what nationality we we identify with. But our identity begins in who we are in Christ Jesus. And if you look at it and start at that place, we all begin in the very same place. We stand at the foot of the cross, we stand accused of our sin, and we stand forgiven because of what Christ has done for us. And if we see each other as those sinners in need of God's grace, we don't spend as much time worrying about what color we are, or what nationality we are, or where we come from. And so we spent a lot of time talking about who are we. And I kind of started out the presentation telling people who I was, a father of six, an author, a St. Louis Cardinals fan, which didn't make all the Cubs fans <laughs> who were in the room happy. Because <laughs> I pointed out that we know we have 11 championships to your three. Uh -huh. but, um, 
we, we like that kind of talk kind of here in St. Louis. Kind of get people realizing where is your identity at and what defines who you are, and Christ defines that, and started looking at people from the way God describes us in Scripture. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a royal priesthood. You are one who is dearly loved by God. And we start at that beginning point for our identity. Well, I think bringing uh, both kind of those sessions together, too, I mean, that's, I'm sure as you're facilitating that with congregations in Iowa District West and other places, that that's an important conversation as God's people look at a, a country that is becoming more ethnically diverse um, and say, how do we as God's people uh, get to love our neighbor, get to know our neighbor, uh, get to have those conversations, get to invite them into our community of believers um, and take, you know, together, like you said, that ability to how do we best serve them, showing them the love of Christ in many various ways. And so I think preparing this next generation for that is that conversation is just going to continue to happen. They're already having it. Uh, what a beautiful opportunity to connect with young people in that way and be able to show them the light of Christ um, and the things that we do as God's people. Yeah, it is. And for the Bible study, it was interesting because I, I didn't focus as much on race, because mm-hmm. I don't know if that's an issue that most young people are wrestling with. That's kind of more of my generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really wanted to make it so general that you could place into that context of who that person is just struggling with, whatever that group is. And so I used the example of Peter's vision from Acts. So if God were to give you a vision right now of who you consider unclean in your life, who would be on that list? Mm-hmm. Um, who would he point you to to say, here's an issue, a blind spot in your life that you need to address? This is somebody you don't see as being valuable or worthwhile. Why is that? Because I created them, I redeemed them, I gave my life for them, so they mean something to me, so they should also mean something to you. So. I wanted to kind of get people to really dig deep into their soul and, and discover who is God pointing them to to say, you need to deal with that issue in your life. Well, and we talk so much in our seven practices about identity, particularly that young people are resiliently um, kind of rooted in their baptismal identity. Um, and I think from that stems a lot of uh, what you're talking about in terms of helping them to develop this understanding of not only who they are, but who God has made the people around them to be and how who am I in relationship with them. Uh, why do you think that topic of identity and identity formation in light of the gospel is so important for young people today? Because unfortunately, identity is being stripped from our young people. And I see a lot of young people just confused by who they are, because society keeps trying to change identity, gender, and, and everything else you could possibly name so that Kids are just so confused as about, I don't know exactly know who I am or what I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to think or feel. And so to get back to not having some external force define who you are, but to have Scripture define who you are, gets us back to the root of our identity. It's not something imposed on us or taught to us. It's something we were created to be. And so I want to get kids back to who would God create you to be, not what society says you are. What a beautiful thing it is to have, again, not have to worry about those external things outside of the Word of God that is um, uh, telling us about who we are. But in our baptism, we're blessed with having that anchor in our life of who we are as God's children and brought into God's family as well. Um, and that thing that we're able to root them in. 
Um, and you touched on this a little bit, a uh, little bit, uh, a few minutes ago, talking about again, um, probably the different way that young people see our maybe country or their lives or their neighborhoods, and that some issues that maybe were issues decades ago are no longer issues for them that they accepted as part of the world in which they live. Um, and and so many great fruit that can come out of there in relationships with others. Um, want to kind of touch a bit on what you've seen maybe from your experience in church leadership, where you've seen young people take the initiative and share the gospel of Jesus with others. Um, and if you've seen young people do that, how has that been a step in faith, that step in faith energized the entire congregation when they consider their outreach into their communities and to their neighbor? Sure. Young people, I would say, are, unlike my generation, they are fearless in terms of going into the mission field. Mm-hmm. Um, I never dreamed of, as a young person, going overseas to do mission work. Mm-hmm. just never crossed mm-hmm. my mind. But I have so many of my nieces and nephews who have spent time in Cambodia or, or Vietnam or uh, China and Hong Kong and, and just seamlessly want to go and make an impact in foreign in foreign places. I've never, again, never was not part of our culture. Uh, we had no problems in our own backyard, let alone going overseas. But <laughs> th- th- they have this real innate desire to want to be transformational and to be part of a transformational movement. And so any church that embraces this idea of how do we transform our community connects with young people. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't connect with being on a board and sitting around talking about missions. They want to be engaged in missions. They want to see immediate results from their work. They want to connect and touch lives and change lives and transform lives. And so they really are an active missional generation. I think the church needs to find out ways to get young people more engaged hand in hands-on ways in the mission. Well, and we see that in, in data coming out about Gen Z, how highly they rank their uh, their importance in their identity, even of, of their academic achievements, their professional achievements, their uh, desire to be successful in the workplace and those kinds of things, but also an intense desire to have a purpose and to make a, an impact in the world. And, and for Christian young people, that really comes from that um being loved by Christ and wanting to go out and share that with other people, uh, whether that's in their neighborhood or as far away as uh, another country. Uh, and so when they are so uh, tied up in that, really, they they really have see their identity as what they're doing, uh, not just what they're talking about. And I think they, they are, I, I totally agree with you, attracted to churches that are doing and acting out on those things. Right. I see the ones that are doing have the most young people, the ones that have the most activities, and the most ways for young people to get engaged. Um, those are the ones that can connect with young people more. So how do you, what do you hope young people will walk away with if they uh, work through the study that you have, uh, that we have up on the e-source? Sure. Well, the, the second chapter is kind of, you just mentioned it. What is my purpose? Why am I here? Um, what is God calling me to do? What's the bigger picture? What's God's bigger calling on my life? Um, helping them to realize uh, to how do I see those around me as, as part of the, of the mission field that God has called me to reach out to? And, you know, living out the life of a missionary. Uh, we, we need young people to take that challenge and be missionaries because I think my generation has done a great job of talking about mission, mm-hmm. but I think this generation will be the one that lives the mission for the church. 
and, and puts the church back on the map again as an active, engaged organization that is on fire for the harvest. Mm-hmm. And so this generation has that passion that we desperately need for the church. Praise God. Exciting stuff to see for sure. Well, with this study, we're going to be having pastors and commission ministers and lay leaders uh, leading our young people through that Bible study, engaging them in conversation, giving encouragement to them. Um, What encouragement would you give to those adults who are leading this study as they prepare and as they teach? Well, I would would encourage them to take the mission challenge at the end of each chapter. Mm. Each um, study ends with a mission possible challenge. And I, and I think if the entire church took on that challenge, including adults leading it, they would have some interesting stories to come back and share with their congregation and with, and with their young people. So I'd encourage them to also take the mission challenge uh, because it will, it will benefit the whole church at large. That's awesome. And thank you so much for taking the time to do that, too. They were great just recaps and challenges and fun conversation starters and things that were in that. It was really an important part of that study that even if people could go back to that even after they've done the full bible study just to kind of go back and remember that as way we apply the teaching of scripture into their everyday life well pastor haney we are so thankful for the time that you've invested in the youth gathering and writing this resource and certainly the ways that you invest in congregations across the lcms and particularly in iowa district west god bless your continued service in his name thank you Reverend Haney's session and study hits on a number of the practices of healthy youth ministry we discuss. One is helping young people deeply understand their baptismal faith, and a part of that is to be continually reminded how Jesus calls us through baptism into identity in him and roots us into his family, the church. Jesus is with us, and he has put people around us who care for us. I love uh, Pastor Haney's story of of deciding he wants to be a pastor right in <laughs> high school, right. Um, and then maybe uh, kind of heading in a different direction and deciding uh, to come back and go to seminary and, and how uh, what a blessing it is to our church body that he did. But certainly as a good reminder to us as we uh, work with young people that uh, young people who express a desire to go into ministry uh, don't just uh, give up on that. Maybe mm-hmm. keep putting their name in secretly right. somewhere, <laughs> um, even if they're computer science majors, because. Uh, because God can work in and through that in powerful ways. Uh, Reverend Haney, hit on a topic we've heard from some of our other guests about too, the uh, desire and the capacity and the willingness for young people to wrestle with tough topics and tough conversations. And I think because that's just part of their everyday life as young Christians, that they see maybe the world and friends and peers, media pushing against their faith. That's just a part of the world they live in. They want to be empowered and strengthened and encouraged and resourced to be able to share the good news of Jesus in those relationships. And so really appreciate, too, how he saw it at the youth gathering or other places of young people who wanted to grapple with these things, have those conversations, and what a blessing it is for us as adults and as the church to walk alongside them and to listen to them, too, to actually hear what is going on in their context, in their world, as that's going to be, they're going to be future adults in the church. And so that that continue is going to continue, the cultural piece um, the, the, the wrestling will vocationally, how does that fit for me? And so we are blessed to be able to have that continued conversation with them. Yeah, another healthy practice is helping young people to live out their unique vocation and by doing so, reaching out to their neighbor and the word 
uh, in the world uh, and to be able to uh, to act out as God's hands and feet uh, in this world. And you certainly heard Pastor Haney talk about the desire of these young people uh, to live out the vo- that vocation, to be empowered, uh, to be missionaries, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. people who are uh, examples of love and grace uh, in their everyday environments. And uh, the young people, I really do believe uh, they're so action oriented. They want uh, their faith to push them into some hard places and into some margins uh, where they're able to act on that faith in a powerful way. So we thank Reverend Haney for exploring these topics and how young people and ourselves are encouraged to shine the light of Christ in our everyday vocations and also perhaps invited to take steps into new relationships for the sake of the gospel. Strengthened by Christ and his word, we can share his love and truth so that others may know Jesus as their savior and friend couple of closing challenges for you as you take this back into your youth ministry. Where do you see young people wrestling with identity formation? Uh, We see that happening at a younger and younger age, but certainly paying attention, especially to what voices are young people listening to and encouraging them, pointing them back to scripture and those voices that I help them understand their baptismal faith. We asked Reverend Haney this question, but how can young people energize your entire congregation in your outreach and evangelism efforts? Are young people being tapped as a resource for inspiration, for insight into the current culture and technology? We continue to pray for you as you go out into your youth ministry and help young people think through their identities in Christ. And as you encourage them to consider church work vocations. And Gold Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.